Welcome to the Warrior Goddess Revolution, a podcast dedicated to helping you get free, free of shame, free of fear, free of limitations, and free to become the woman you are meant to be. Let the inner revolution begin. Here's your host, Heather Ash Amara. All right. Welcome everyone back to Warrior Goddess Revolution podcast. I'm here with my dear friend, Tanya Lin, who is broadcasting live from Costa Rica. Yay! <laughs> uh, and uh, actually, that is where I would love to start, Tanya, is your... Share a little bit about yourself. So what I'll share on my end is that I don't even know how Tanya and I connected but we do the similar work of women's empowerment leadership circles. And so our paths cross. I remember I got on her email list um, and that is now sistership circle. And, you know, I have this like, um, what's the right word? Like kind of divination with my email sometimes where I'll be like, there's an email for me. I don't know which it is, but I'm going to open my heart. And, this one of these emails from Tanya popped up and I'm like, open that one. Mm. And it was, it was a time when you were going through a struggle and the honesty and the vulnerability that was coming out of that email was, for me, was breathed. I was like, whoa, this was years and years and years ago. And so that piqued my interest because I was like, wow, somebody that's doing leadership in a very different way. And I, f- I felt like you were really a vanguard because this was before Brene Brown was super popular. Um, mm. It's more common now. It wasn't as common at that time. Mm. And so that, and then there, you know, again, probably a couple of years passed and another email comes across my screen and I went into circle with Tanya and it was so life-changing because she introduced me to Zoom. Again, nobody was using Zoom, nope. right? to Zoom, to doing ceremony online. Uh, and so I just have such a huge heart connection to you for the, the overall, the, the places that we come together and go apart, but we're this interlocking circle. And we've also been mm-hmm. in mastermind circles together over the years as well. So yeah. welcome, share a little bit about yourself. That's my intro to you. What's your intro to you? Yeah. Well, that was actually, I think I, I think Callie was like three or four months old. So that was like almost six years ago when we were actually in the circle, we were in the sistership circle. And what I love is because this feels really, really alive for me right now is that on the outside, we could look like two competing organizations. We're both training facilitators. We both have these Um, you know, these circle leadership certifications and yeah, we could totally just be like, ah, she's my competition. Right. But instead it's like, how can we actually support each other? Because we're doing the same work, which means we have the same mission, which means it doesn't really matter if they do your program, my program, both programs, like we're just empowering women. (laughs) So I just, I love that we um, play together and collaborate and mastermind and support each other and, um, and that we, we really get to embody and model what that looks like to be co-creative, collaborative, um, feminine leaders. So, and that's because we do the work. (laughs) 
Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. And it's been wonderful to feel that piece of competition between women that again, like in my lifetime is shifting mm. to watch the, the, the meme around. Of course, it's still there. That competition still shows up. Yeah. And I've really connected with a lot of women that are doing similar work that we're, we look at each other like you and I have and are like, we're in with each other. We yeah. are doing the same thing. We don't need to, there isn't scarcity here. Yeah. And How that's you- because each of us brings our own medicine. And so I actually got to really dive in with this with another sister who came into sistership circle to like help and partner actually while right, right after I went through a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. So she was like, how can I help? Like, how can I help hold this for you while you're healing? And it got kind of messy. And then she laughed. And then it was like, but wait, like now we're competitors. But what we actually got to see is that we each have something unique in the way in which we deliver our trainings, our programs. And so I think that's the piece that allows us to shift from competition to celebration. So there's a specific way and a specific medicine and gifts and strengths that you have that you're going to only get at Warrior Goddess and that is going to be different at Sistership Circle, right? And so it may look on the surface like we do the same thing, but there's different medicine that comes from each. And so I, that's the thing that I really want everyone to get is your competitors aren't <laughs> – they are potential collaborators. And so actually, can you celebrate the gifts and the unique medicine that each one of us brings and that we're going to, um, it's like, yeah, people might need both of the pieces from us or they might just need yours. And that's cool. Like that's, it's, it's, yeah, there's no scarcity here. There's no scarcity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I yeah. so love this and that there's, you know, I think this is something with leaders that we get to adjust to because the dream tends to go towards scarcity. There's not enough. You do have to compete. And the truth is that when we're really doing our work, when we're in circle, what both of us, our heart is like, what do people need? Like, go find that. If it's here, you are so welcome. If there's a little bit and then you go off and find your next piece. I mean, I'm always ecstatic when people come back and say, I'm doing this incredible work with this human. Thank you so much. Because I know, and even if they don't say thank you so much, but I know yeah. that, that whatever little piece they got from me or from the community or from the work allowed them to expand and go to where what felt like a, a good fit for them. And uh, we all have different pieces. And some, somebody once said to me this way, she's like, okay, so we're all chocolate, but some of us are like brownies and some of us are like cupcakes. I, I want to be just like brownies. Filled. Like it's okay. <laughs> I want to be a cherry filled chocolate. <laughs> I think I want to be dark salted chocolate with coffee. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, a couple things here is um, what I got clear on is that I am not for everyone. And and I and actually, even if we can dive into like honoring the differences, right, in the conversation we were having before this. But like I got really clear that I, I'm not 
I'm not here to be everything to everyone and I'm holding my peace. And so I don't actually have to do it all. I'm just going to stay in my lane and focus on my gift because there's been people who criticize me of like, Oh, well you need to be, you know, talking about this and you need to be standing for this and you know, get politically active. And I'm like, no, my lane's actually over here and I'm okay with that. And there was a woman actually who, um, came to week one of our how to lead circle training and emails and like all cap letters, basically like someone needs to call me and convince me to stay in this program. <laughs> and I was like, sorry, we're canceling. <laughs> Cause no, we're not in the business of like convincing or manipulating people to do our programs. And, and there was a point when I was making myself wrong and thinking I was a failure if people were flying the nest or didn't want to stay with me. And I took it as this personal attack and I felt abandoned. And so I had to work through that actually, the abandonment issue and the feeling like people are leaving me and that I'm somehow not doing my job because they're not choosing to continue or be with us for a decade. And that the natural evolution is actually for women to fly the nest and to leave sistership circle. And that's actually where I'm at, where there's been kind of this clearing out. And last year in particular was a completion year for me in numerology. And so it felt like everyone was leaving. My leadership team was leaving and it's like, oh no, like they're actually flying the nest. And if I'm actually doing my job right and developing leaders that they will, they, they're, they're turning into spiritual adults and then they're going out there and they're leaving mama's nest and making their mark out there in the world. And that's okay. And so it's taking me some, some healing and some work to get to this place of being okay with people leaving and not taking it personally and coming from more of that place of trust and abundance and non-competition. Yeah. It's huge. Something that, that I've been talking about with the group that I'm with right now is that there's, there's what I think of as a long story and the short story. And the long story is I'm in for the long haul. And I feel like those of us that are in leader, leadership positions because every once in a while I have the same thing. I'm like, how come everybody doesn't stay with me? For, I want everyone to stay with me forever. Mm -hmm. you know, to be on this journey forever with me. And it's like, actually, there's going to be a lot of people coming in and going out again. And to, to create that spaciousness of that, some people come in and stay. And some people come and tap and go back out again. And that if we hold on to, it should look this way. <sighs> And that we evolve. I think that's the other thing that's so beautiful is that you're evolving, you're changing. I mean, you just made a huge move to Costa Rica and that's a big shift, which of course is rearranging mm -hmm. all of your cells. Yeah. And your being as well. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things, um, so my journey that started so tribal truth started in 2010 and I had moved back to San Diego from New York city. 
and started putting on these monthly gatherings and they were large gatherings and it was about bringing community together. And all I wanted was to go deeper. And so it's like my soul has been just wanting to keep going deeper, keep going deeper. And that's that evolution that you're talking about, right? And so there was like this craving of depth. And so I've created this space. And that's what, you know, one of the things about our circles in particular is two things. One is vulnerability, really creating the space for women to feel seen and heard and um, creating this beautiful space for vulnerability and revealing what's underneath. And, And so that we do a lot of shadow work. And then the second thing is this integration of masculine and feminine. And so we're teaching both facilitation and business. We're teaching both the masculine container and structure and the feminine flow. So those are, I would say, two main markings of like what um, Sistership Circle really does in the world. But this piece around vulnerability and my evolution of wanting to go deeper, wanting to like reveal myself. And so over the last couple of years, it's been more of like this mystical. And it actually started when I went with Elaine Kalila, another sister, priestess presence. Some of you may have heard of her. I went to her retreat in Avalon and I had this crazy multidimensional transported back in time. Oh my God. Like I was a priestess here thousands of years ago, like what the heck is going on and what Elaine calls um, piercing the veil. And I was like, what is this like trans trance states, like circle, like transportation into another dimension? Like, what is that? (laughs) Like, I want that. And so that I would say the next evolution for me is the holding of that level of frequency in a container. That's what she calls alchemical. Like it's this alchemical process that's happening of piercing the veil and being able to see in this other realm. And so ever since I did that retreat a few years ago, I've been having these really mystical experiences, one at Burning Man. um, And that's actually what led us here to, to Costa Rica. We were divinely guided here. Both Brent and I, my husband, both had these extremely mystical going into some portal, some other dimension. His eyes were rolling in the back of his head. He's seeing past life vision, past life and then future visions. And like, he's like, I've always dreamed of, of doing this. I never actually thought it would ever happen to me. And it was the clear message of like, get your butts down to Costa Rica. And so for me, this is like this, like this medicine woman. And, um, and so what does this mean for me to be a medicine woman and to go to different realms and to work with the subtle energies that are in the space and be able to see the unseen. And, um, And so that's like, that's where I'm going. And so what I'm finding is that there's, um, yeah, when I'm like doing one-on-one coaching or I'm leading circles, things are coming through me now that I could have never imagined, you know, 10 years ago when I started, but something about the jungle here 
and um you know it's it's just it's felt like one big medicine journey <laughs> since i've been down here and not all that pleasant <laughs> so it feels like i've been on one like ayahuasca trip since i've been here and it's like okay when's this going to end but hey i called it in and i and i haven't even done ayahuasca down here everyone else is you know but um but it, yeah so it's like me- Costa Rica has definitely been delivering us some medicine and helping us get through and and whatever we're supposed to get for the next part of our our leadership and what we're co-creating Brent and I on this planet. Mm. And it and maybe think that because because we're friends and because we were in communication before and during and after like before Costa Rica, after Costa Rica, that there was a seed, there was a spark where you were like, I'm questioning. And, and Brent was like, "Mm -mm. Uh, Uh -uh. we ain't going anywhere. Like, and then, and I had a similar thing with the Toltec center in Austin, where part of me was like, maybe I need to close this down. And then another part of me was like, equally like, no, I will, this will keep this going for the rest of my life. And then we lost the lease. And I feel like spirit was like, oh, good. Like the opening happened. We're just taking this away. Yeah. So you got a choice. Now you really have a choice. And you had a similar thing. Didn't you lose your lease or something? Yeah. So Brent was away and I was getting this hit of like, we're going to be out of here by September, October. And I thought maybe we were going to go up to the land up in Nevada city with, with two of our friends who bought, 80 acres or something. And so we were like, let's go visit them and see. So Brent's on his, um, his annual hiking trip. He does a month every year. And sure enough, I get an email from the landlord saying you're, you're done. And we were devastated because we loved this house in Encinitas and it was such a beautiful portal and just community and all during COVID, you know, the last year it was, it was the place for everyone to gather and um, and it was just, oh, so we were devastated. So they told us we had, so that was the summer and we were told we had to be out by the end of the year because the owners were moving back in. Um, and so then I was like, we're going to Costa Rica. And I was like, we're going to Costa Rica. And the hit I was getting is we're going before November. And Brent's like, no. We are milking this lease for all it's worth. We're staying here until the end of December. You know, I was like, this is just the hit I'm getting, right? Like intuitive hit. It's it's in the wind. Like there's no other way to explain. Actually, there's a gene key of, that talks about intuition and like how we would pick something up in the wind because we're tuning forks. And so we we tune into frequency and energy, right? So that's part of the medicine woman is like really like honing this, 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 um, tuning fork that, that my body is. And so then it's our anniversary, our um, wedding anniversary. This was the first, so October 4th, and we did a medicine ceremony and that's when he had his whole different portal realm past life. And, and he'd been listening to this song over and over again. And he didn't understand why he was wanted to listen to the song. It's called um, the bird tribes uh, by Ken. Uh, what's this, what's this uh, book called? Um, I'll look it up. Return of the bird tribes. 
And so there's a song. And so we put the song on during our medicine ceremony and it just, it, that, it just transported him. And he was like, Oh my God, I get it now. Like I get why I've been listening to the song and it just like hit him. And then we've both been reading the book, um, which is just basically all about the return of this, the, the spirits that are it's called the bird tribes and they're coming back to usher in the new era of humanity um, and the awakening, which is how we see this awakening happening on the planet right now. Right. And so it's this, these spirit bird tribes that are, that have always been there and are coming in to support. And so it's actually through um, this, the book is this, is the, basically the history and the stories of native Americans and how these bird tribes come in as the incarnation of a native American and the stories. And so it's like white Buffalo, um, white Buffalo calf women, woman is in it. And it's just, it's potent. It's potent. And so that was like this calling here to come down and, and come to Costa Rica because um, it's just a whole different world down here. And there's just so much of that ancient um, indigenous medicine and culture that's still here in the South and Central America region. Right. Yeah. So it was, and so he, he was like, we're going and we're going now. And we packed up and, and we were out of there um, October 31st. And, um, and then because we were in before November 1st, we were able to extend our visa. And, um, and then he was divinely guided here to Santa Teresa. And so we, we've been in a couple different places here. We were in Ecovia and now we're here um, and have really just landed in this beautiful community down here. It's very transient, but there's something powerful about feeling like we're being relocated, right? There was a huge group of us in Encinitas and many of us have all scattered. And so it's like, it feels like we are being strategically placed. It's like, you've got your spot. And then there's other people being sent to almost activate this grid around the world and that we're supposed to be meeting. And so I look at every person who I meet here, even if they're just here for a month, like there's something for me to get from every single interaction. And we're weaving, we're, we're creating this web. We are, we're weaving the, the web. Yeah. And that, that your seeds yeah, I always love that image of sometimes when when circles close, people are like, no, no, we have to. It, ha it has to be this way forever, and it's like, beloveds, we we've created this container and this beauty and this intimacy and this magic, and now we get to go share it, and be the seeds that then go out, and we can stay connected. Yeah, but the world needs more. Like every seed now, create, 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 and that cross pollination. And that is what also helped me heal this piece around abandonment is me getting, I'm an activator. I'm here to activate the leadership in women worldwide. And I'm going to, I'm naturally who I am is more of that person who's going to have a lot of people coming in and out because I'm just supposed to be activating a lot of people and that, it's not, it might not be lifetime connections. And so it's like me really owning my gift and that that's naturally who I am. 
And then I get jealous of like, you know, my, my husband who has the same group of friends since, you know, for 20 plus years. And I'm like, but he's holds a different energy than me. He's more of an earth rock energy. And I'm more of a, I'm a fire, I'm fire, I'm water. Like I'm both fire and water. And so it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm a wildfire going and then you're going to extinguish me and then I'll go blaze another trail and extinguish me. You know, it's like, that's who I am. Yeah. Yeah. My, my friend Perdita uh, said it in such a beautiful way. She's like, I'm a tree. Like my, I will always be here and you're a hummingbird. Mm. And I love the hummingbird comes to visit and energy happens because the hummingbird's here. And then I know that you're going to go. And for me, I'm like, oh, I have trees in my world. And I go and visit my trees and they remind me and I land and then I'm off. And it's been interesting to have a year of where I've, I've been less hummingbirdy, <laughs> yeah, uh, and yeah. and just settling into that rhythm. But I do, and there's such there's so so much beauty. And this is something that I know that you share. We were talking about before we got on live. Is that really one of the things about circles and about holding leadership is really recognizing we're not all the same. And that we hold different energies. We have different pieces that we're bringing. We have different opinions. And that if we can relate, like there's people that are trees. Don't make them hummingbirds. Like don't try and make other people water when they're actually fire. Can you honor the fire that they are and figure out how do you work together? How do you respect and know, you know, uh, gosh, sometimes, mm, mm, mm. One of the things that's so fun now is like following energy of where's the next lesson. Mm-hmm. And I had a moment where I went and saw By- uh, Byron Katie and she, the lesson happened before anything. Like it was, she, she sat on stage and she goes, you know, I'm so glad that there's a person that does sound that's doing the sound. Cause that's not what I do. I do this. And it was just the way she put it. I was like, right. Why do we ever compare ourselves or think we should be doing something different? Just do your piece and respect somebody else is doing their piece. And so, yeah. And, and that place of we're going to have different opinions as well. And so how have you held that in your circle in where there's conflict, where there's the desire, because the yumminess of circle is like, we're all together. We're all, we're being held. We're being seen. And the, the challenge is we're actually different and there is conflict and there is like, I want you to believe what I believe, or I don't know. I don't feel safe here, whatever it is. How do you, how have you navigated that? Yeah, this is a big one that's been up recently because what I'm what I'm navigating right now is, you know, where do I share my opinion and where do I remain neutral and how do I actually hold opposites of that, right? So I can have an opinion and I can hold space, a neutral space for all the other opinions. And so that's, there's that distinction of holding opposites. I can hold anger and I can hold, um, you know, love at the same time. 
and I can hold fear and love at the same time. And so it's like expanding this capacity for us as leaders of like, can I actually hold all of it? And so that's been my journey is like, how much can I stretch my edges and play this full range of my, the full spectrum of my emotions and all of that so that I can hold that really big and deep container for women, for leaders, so that leaders can really feel safe in my space, right? And at the same time, I can have an opinion. And so this piece that we're talking about right here of like, if I'm an activator, if I'm a fire starter, then I'm gonna be opinionated. And I'm a truth teller, I'm a truth seer. So it's actually part of my role and my job to speak that. And it's not everyone's going to like it. And that's what I found. And I'm constantly dealing with this. If I put an opinion out there, I get an email back of someone blasting me. And most of the time it's, I'm unsubscribing. I don't agree with you, you know, and just this, this culture right now, the cancel culture is so prevalent. In this polarization in the world right now of us versus them, who's right and who's wrong and what side are you on and cancel this person and, you know, and just this, oh my God, it's like, why? (laughs) And what I got is like, in circle, I am standing for all voices heard, all opinions matter, and that everyone can have their perspective, their point of view their voice be heard in the circle. And actually, can we model and teach that and have women then go out so we can shift from this cancel culture to this like respecting culture? Because it's like respect is all out the window. And now with social media, people can hide behind a screen and point the finger and, you know, bully people and then, but they're not able to be seen because they're behind the screen. It's like, well, would you do that in person? But now we are starting to see it in person where people are being rude to each other and just so indig- indignant and just um, I'm like, that's not what, how is that serving? So let's actually learn how to honor all voices in the circle at the table. Because everyone has a different point of view based on their environment, based on how they grew up. And there's value in the rainbow of people that are on this planet. We're not all the same color. So it's like, and and that's, you know, so much of the Native American teaching is this, the rainbow and honoring the full spectrum of the rainbow. And so that's really, I think, um, so it's like, okay, But the only way I can really respect all the other voices in the circle is me respecting my own and owning my own. And that's what I've been really getting. I need to be outspoken. I need to speak my truth. I also need to be able to listen to others who might not agree with me and be able to own and take responsibility for when, you know, the impact that my words make out there in the world. So yeah, that's the navigating. And, um, and so we have various tools, conflict. Um, we have our withhold tool that um, is super powerful and, and just 
really teaching women how to share using nonviolent communication because that's the key. And we have to take radical responsibility of, of how we're delivering our withholds and noticing our judgments, noticing our reactions and our triggers, um, and then being able to hold space and not take it personally and like allow someone to express themselves. Um, yeah, but that's the thing. We, we're not masters. We learn this in circle. And as facilitators, we practice and we learn it. And that's how we ever get to mastery is through the, the, the practice of it, right? Yes, yes. And you and I are very similar in that way that this whole energetic of you become a master and then you're perfect and you're done and then you can lead. Yeah. That we're all evolving and growing and that leadership is the biggest service to ourself to keep growing. I believe and I know that that you're in this the, the same way. And part of that growing is like you said like the tension of like can I get bigger to hold all the tension that's in the field and not make anyone wrong or right but also deeply respect different opinions here and yep. different passions. And that's what I go for is like there's things I'm really passionate about that I've always been passionate about. And that is kind of coming back into my world again. And other people are going to be passionate about other things. Mm -hmm. And yep. that beauty of like, find the people that you're passionate with. And I say also, and, and stay connected to the people that have different passions. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's really powerful. And part of what's happening right now is there's like, well, I'm just going to go with my group then that feels comfortable that it completely 100% agrees with me so that I don't have to hold any of the tension. I can just judge them from over here. Yeah. And it's much more difficult to go, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And to be, and I think a leadership distinction is finding comfort in the discomfort. So I'm always living in the discomfort. I've chosen a life of discomfort because that's where the growth is. You know, I'm, I don't want to hang out in the comfort zone. It gets complacent in there. Right. And that's, I think what's happening what I'm seeing a lot in the world is there's a lot of complacency and a lot of like, just keep me comfortable and don't challenge the status quo. And we need more women to rise up into their leadership and, and ask questions and use discernment and stand in their sovereignty. It's interesting that, um, my intention for this How to Lead Circle round um, is sovereignty inside of the collective. Mm -hmm. So right now it feels like this whole like do for the, you know, the common good, you know, and this, but it's like, no, like what about our sovereignty? Because if we're each showing up in our sovereignty, that means we're each holding radical responsibility and a maturity and a appropriateness in the way in which we are carrying ourselves, right? So actually it's like, if we're all in our sovereignty and we're owning our part, that's what's gonna create the harmony in the collective. It's not actually about losing yourself for the common good of all. No, that doesn't resonate with me at all. So, um, so yeah, so I'm really standing for sovereignty. And, um, and, and what does that look like for each of us to really stand in our own choice and see ourselves as our own guru and trust our bodies and, and learn how to trust our intuition? Um, that's what's really interesting to me. 
And that's the claiming of our voice and claiming of our gifts and claiming of like what I bring to the world as a soul. Like I'm on a soul journey here. And so can I come back into my wholeness instead of fragmenting myself to please everyone else? Because to me, this whole like for the common good of all is just a bunch of people pleasing (laughs) versus holding center within myself. I agree. And yeah, and here it is, right? It's both Um, because there's this, this place of center and community and that neither my, my husband, my ex-husband, I used to have this because he was very much around the sovereignty and the individual. And I'm, I'm wired more around community. How do we work together with this? And neither is right or wrong. There's balance of being able to go both community, sovereignty, community, sovereignty. And some of us are going to be championing, championing sovereignty. And some of us are going to be championing, championing, like, let's look at how, what the, the energetic is of how we got here and how do we untangle it together? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And that's, that's what, yeah. So the, the sovereignty inside of community of the integration balance. Yeah. Cause you're right. I mean, it is. And um, there was somewhere I was going with this of um, something you, you said, it'll come back to me. Um, but yeah, it's that it's it's the integration of masculine and feminine. Feminine's not better than masculine. Sovereignty is not better than community. It's like yeah, where where do we meet, and how do we hold both? Again, that holding opposites. Yeah, yeah, the tension. And I, and again, it's so true. When you step into a leadership position, you're you're choosing to hold discomfort, and to get really friendly and cozy with discomfort, and that it doesn't end. Some another fallacy around leadership is like, okay, good. Then I can, then I can stop doing the work. Yeah, no. And like, oh, okay. Then all this messiness goes away. It gets messier, honestly. And and there's beauty in that of holding the messiness with grace and with gratitude when there's growth growth opportunities that are happening. Yeah. And so you know, it's it's such it is such a messy time as well right now. Like we're in it, we're in it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. But the mess creates the message, and it's you know I'm just seeing so many women holding themselves. So there's this gripping. Right. And there's this rigidity and this caging. And I was actually working with someone to help me release the grip and shaking. Like one of the methodology was actually shaking my body, um, like just kind of moving my legs. And um, I actually got a little shaker machine. Um, And so there's a fear around the mess in if I let go of all that I'm holding together and I got my mask on and I've got it all tightly packaged with a big smile, 
if I let go and I get messy, that everything's going to fall apart. It's going to be soup. My whole life is going to be destroyed. And that feels like death. So I'm no, I know some of you who are listening are like, yep. Yeah. So how do I do that? How do I let go? Like I'm absolutely afraid. And to me, I think that messiness is the, the feminine mystery. And that's what we need more of instead of just like the, the tightly held structures and the old systems, we need more of that feminine mystery to come in and kind of wreak havoc and kind of Kali energy, blow everything up and make a big mess. Um, Cause there's, there's, there's magic in that. And then we're at this place of then creation after the destruction. So I think sometimes that's the only way through. <laughs> that was my journey. I had to destroy everything in my life 10 years to 10 years ago. And it felt like that again in December where I was like, Oh shit, here I am again. Oh, but wait, I've been here before. I'm not dying. And what's the worst that can happen? Okay. So maybe I get a divorce. Maybe I lose my business. Okay. So obviously the universe has something in store for me. And one of the books that's been really instrumental over this uh, Costa Rica journey in the past six months is the surrender process, the surrender mm -hmm. experiment. The exper yes. Such so a great book. Brent got it and it totally helped guide him through and just the synchronicities of what he was reading, what he's experiencing. And so then I read it again and it was, you know, and it is about like, yeah, when we let go and we trust and we surrender, yeah, bad stuff might happen. It might get messy, but can we trust in that there's, it's happening for a reason. And that's what we were just saying, right? Like you lost that center. I lost my house something is on the other side of that. Can we accept the breakdown? Can we accept the mess and get that it's actually happening for us, not to us? And find community to help hold so that even when we're super wobbly, that there are other people I always liken it to being on a, a river where you want somebody who's been on the river before that can go, oh yeah, if there's like the river slows down, you can rest or like it's going to get really bumpy. Get your paddles out and paddle really hard here. And they're not saying, you know, I know it's best for you. They're just saying, I've been there. I'm here. Here's some guidance. Yeah. And that when we have leadership in our life like that, whether it's a coach, a mentor, a friend, a community, that we can learn how to rest into, mm -hmm. we don't have to do it all by ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we can have the modeling. We were just talking about this in, in uh, the group that somebody came up, we were talking about rest, this idea of resting. Because how, how many of us are overwhelmed right now and feeling really busy and really frayed? And uh, this, I, I love this. She had said, I hate my, my March self hates my January self because her January self had like completely overbooked her. And in March, she's feeling really, really, really overwhelmed. And 
So my question to her is, what are you getting out of being overbooked? What are you getting out of not resting? And she waited a little bit. And she came back to me later and was like, oh, I don't know how to rest. I've had no modeling. I can, like, I don't, there's no modeling in my no. family at all. I don't even know what this is. And I'm like, great. There's where you start. Look for people that know how to rest. Start inquiring, start being curious. Mm-hmm. And I know that just like you said, like you ask, you have the seed, you have the question, you have the impulse. And if you wait and surrender and open, something will be like, come here this way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, but it's so hard for us to trust. Trust the process, trust the universe, trust ourselves, trust others. I would say that's one of the biggest issues that we have is it's so hard for us to trust. And it is a total, it's a, it's the trust fall. Like, it's like, no, you don't, they, you it's a brave act. And we, we have this distinction of like safe versus brave and playing it safe versus being brave. And by being brave, we then create safety for others in circle as leaders. And we have to, as leaders, like go first, we have to model, we have to take that leap. We have to open our heart despite being hurt in the past. And it's, it's, that's what it means to be brave. Yeah. Absolutely. And being brave, I always think about it as like we're, we're learning how to stretch up against our edges, those places that are like, no, go back, be safe, get smaller, don't use your whatever it is. And that, that, that being brave to stretch our edge where we're not constantly throwing ourselves over the edge and we're not constantly living far, far away from our edge oh, where is it? And I think as leaders, like part of getting to be a leader is you get to throw yourself over to learn. But then we also have to come back (laughs) so that we stay sustainable. But those big leaps, and you're such a great role model for that, of Mm -hmm. the, the, the jumping and knowing the wings will show up. Yep. <laughs> Those angel wings. <laughs> yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then any mm, tips or tools or message, like if there's one thing that you would want to consolidate down for people or for yourself right now, yeah. what oh, would that be? <laughs> mm. Well, this rest piece is really big for me. So of course, of course you brought that up because it's, it's, I am the most busy that I've been in years. I have a full, full schedule, um, full plate. And, um, I prided myself over the last couple of years of like how little I work. And in fact, my husband is always joking about, I can't get Tanya to work more than 20 hours a week. <laughs> He's like, I want her to work 40. And I'm like, no. Um, but my body just can't handle it. Right. And so here I am 
in this beautiful place, Pura Vida, you know, and it's freaking hot. So I'm just like, feel like I'm going to come. I'm just always about to combust, like just so much heat, so much fire, um, full workload, two kids. And I'm like, oh, where am I going to rest? Right. And so it comes down to, I have to create that space. And I created um, an affirmation actually on yesterday's call of, I deserve space for pleasure and joy. And that was actually part of my whole new moon intention. So the latest tool I've been using is setting an intention. I have a book, I even got myself a book, setting an intention for the new moon and watching it weave, watching the medicine of that weave through all the way to the next new moon. And then seeing what's what else wants to be to emerge. So it this is exactly it. Cause we're in it was an Aries fire new moon, all about action, which I'm in, but it's like, okay, back to that word balance. How am I balancing this out? Um, how am I bringing more water and earth in? Um, less air and fire. <laughs> and, um, and so it's like, okay, can I trust it's all going to get done? Can I trust in a higher power that's going to help with the efficiency of it that I can, I don't have to be working so hard. So trust, carve that space, take it and rest. And you have to force yourself. And it's not so that I can be of service. It's not so I can hold space for others. It's for me mm-hmm. because I deserve it for me. And that's been a big lesson that's been coming through over and over again here in Costa Rica. Can I actually claim my own desires and needs for me? Not so that I can then go out and be something for someone else or for anyone else, you know? Big medicine. That is big medicine right there. Yeah. That as a, a medicine woman, as a elder that you're growing into, you're you're still mama. You've got kids and yeah, not elder. <laughs> and yeah, and that you're you're moving towards being an elder though, in that that place of holding larger circles, larger container. Yeah. And that you know, in a way, the the mother energy can get so caught up. I'm doing this for others. I'm doing this for others. That even the rest, oh, I have to rest so I can do it for others. In order to, yeah. In order to. And that permission, you just get to rest. I get to, not I have to. I get to. You don't have to wait till you're completely burnt out to rest. We're, we're saying this to ourselves. We're... Tanya Lynn and I are now talking to ourselves over and over again (laughs) and sharing with you because probably you're also navigating the same, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We get to, and you don't have to wait till you're completely burnt out and spent. You may get there. And then how do we rewire our system in such a way that, that, that permission and that it doesn't have to be permission eventually. It doesn't have to be, I deserve, because sometimes we're like, I have to, you know, like, I deserve, I'm going to hold that. But what we want to move ourselves to is there there isn't a question. Exactly. 
is just you no longer have to cheerlead and motivate yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually. These stepping stones, right? Of okay. Step one is I have to rest in order to. And then it's like, no, I get to because I deserve it. To then know I just do it because it's just the natural way of being now. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of like I think of like these, it's it's like the stages of grief or the stages of spiritual awakening there's these stages that we go through, right? Or stages of community. And so I think of this as like the stages of, um, yeah, surrendering into the feminine, embodying the, the feminine principle of rest, of just being, learning to shift from doing to being. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it takes sometimes like creating a container for the self, like pushing yourself to do it and that yeah. we keep evolving. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially in the beginning when you're doing new things, it's like, this is so uncomfortable. I don't like this. I don't know how to do this. Find other people that have it in their bodies so you can just even see it. Yeah. 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 That's one of the things is like, okay, what do I need to automate right now? Like, what are all the things that are not automated in our business that we can make more efficient? And who do and it's like, oh, novel idea. Like, who's actually an expert in that automation so I can hire them to do it for me? Yay! <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 And that beautiful structures allow us to have flow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The masculine container for the feminine flow. Absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Tanya, thank you so much for all of the gifts that you bring into the world, the light that you shine, the thousands and thousands of women that you have inspired and the, the form of how you hold circle and how you invite women into circle is, is really profound and so important in our times of honoring the cycles rather than the lines that uh, we need both. We need both, but we're out of balance. And so the work that you're doing of bringing balance back for all of us, really, really grateful to you on mm. many levels. So thank you so much. Mm, thank you. Thank you for having me and thank you for being on this journey with me. It's beautiful. Hey. Yes. And there'll be more information about how you can reach out to Tanya in the show notes, uh, sistershipcircle.com. Blessings to everyone. Yay. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share it with a fellow warrior goddess. If you felt fully empowered and inspired by what you heard today, we want to know about it. You can share your feedback by leaving a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We thank you for your support. It's the fastest way to fuel the revolution. To learn more about the Warrior Goddess Revolution and other Warrior Goddess offerings, visit us at www.warriorgoddess.com.